This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome, everybody, to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It is Wednesday, January 17th, and we are here to chat about AEW Dynamite. And damn, what a fun show we had today. But I'm not alone, as always. One half of the California Connection. I'm here joined by the other half, who is Righteous Reg. Reg, what's up, man? In the building, it's your boy, Media Man, your favorite rapper, your favorite writer, your favorite podcaster. Ended up having a pretty fun dynamite here, Denise. I mean, I had some expectations going into this, but there were some fun matches here, some fun angles. I thought it was pretty good. The ending, Samoa Joe tried to kill a Hook. I don't know what. Samoa Joe, we have to have a talk. That table spot, I cried, standing in my room. I'm still crying. What was that, Denise? He nearly killed him. He nearly killed Hook. So let me tell you, Reg, I was going to get this podcast started talking about the Young Bucks, but I'm going to have to put the Young Bucks on hold for a second because I want to dive right into Samoa Joe versus Hook. So here's the thing, Reg, is that I think now... Granted, we kind of already knew what was going to go down with this match or rather how it should go down. Uh, I think we even talked about it briefly where I said, oh, it should be something along the lines of what we saw with Darby Allen, right? Something along those lines. And let me tell you, I freaking loved this match so much. I think that Hook became, if he was already, you know, supposed to be a star or people already saw him as a star, I'm sure a lot of people already did. But to me, this was the match that said that Hook, AEW really has something special with him. This kid yeah. is going to be a freaking megastar, and they 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 got to take care of him, man. They got to protect him. Put this kid in a bubble and really protect him because, damn, it's going to be a good future for Hook, man. Uh, what did you think of this match? This was, I kind of expected this, Denise, but a star-making performance, like you're saying here. The way that they laid out this match I thought was perfect. Hook went right after, actually, even better than that. Hook never turned his back. His his signature is starting the match with his back turned to his opponent. I like that he still did that right up until the bell rang. As soon as the bell rang, he got right after him, was attacking him, attacking him. He had a good fight, but then Samoa Joe's like, oh, yeah, I'm Samoa Joe. Hit him with the back elbow, just clobbered him. They just, Samoa Joe starts to take over, beating him up. When they got to the outside, and I'm like, okay, Hook might be able to get, do something to him. And Samoa Joe hit him with the Uranagi, destroyed the table. I thought he broke his neck, slamming him down. And Denise, his dad's right there watching this. Yeah. As he's trying to kill a man, his dad is right there. And he's just like, he's as stressed as, as we are, as you can hear on commentary, as you can see. So they get it back into the ring, fight, fight, fight. Hook is still showing fight. But Samoa Joe is, I thought, uh, one important element of this is showing that, yes, I am the world champ and I'll kill anybody no matter what. I don't care if this is somebody's son. I don't care if this is your brother. They get in the ring with the AEW world champion. They're going to be dead. I love that they ended it with him with the three arms down thing. Denise, everybody put it on record. You guys have seen me tweet a million times. I hate one count kickouts. They got me with this one right here. They did a one count kick out and it was effective. Hook looked great. Samoa Joe shut him down again. But I thought this match was really awesome. The ending angle I thought was even better. Hook being like, that's all you got, big boy. Samoa Joe comes back, clobbers him again. Goes out, that's all you got. Like it made Hook look like a superstar. And I thought that in this moment, he really rose to the occasion. Dude, especially that man, like you're talking about him rising to the occasion. There was a lot of talk surrounding this match and we'll get to that in a second. But like to me, the story of this match was what I personally enjoyed because what you had on one side was Hook, who was this maybe overly confident kid who you can say was this like young punk who bit off way more than he can chew. We've all been there. We've all been young, dumb and reckless. And that was Hook. But in this match, he showed that he was one brave MF -er. like he literally freaking 
suplex Samoa Joe. Samoa yeah. Joe and him are a huge size difference. He was able to suplex him. He showed like he showed all of this heart every single time that he kicked out of whatever it was that he had kicked out because there was a couple moments where he did have the, uh, where he did kick out. And what I liked about this is that we knew going into this that Samoa Joe was like, all right, I'm going to teach this punk kid a lesson. I'm yeah. going to kick his ass. And yes, he definitely did that. We we're talking about that oh, commentary yeah. table spot where hook literally like it looked like his head like right here hit the back um the back of his head hit right into that commentary table crazy and then he throws him back into the actual ring too so with that like you're seeing Samoa Joe be this like dominant killer like who he's supposed to be but at the same time because he wasn't able to put down Hook as fast as he possibly thought that he was going to. I love that we saw frustration from Samoa Joe's part in this match. And that within itself gave a little bit more credibility to Hook. And the way that they closed it out, I loved the finish because um, Hook had almost gotten uh, the red rum on freaking Samoa Joe, but Samoa mm -hmm. Joe freaking reversed and got his coquina clutch. Like that to me was just like, ooh, you fought really hard. You got really close. You had a little moment. But you know what, kid? You weren't smart enough to do this. Like, yep. So this was exactly the way that they needed to do this. Samoa Joe's your champion. He needs to look dominant regardless, and he definitely did. But they made something of Hook here tonight. If I'm Taz, man, I'm a proud daddy tonight. I'm a proud daddy. Straight up accomplishing two things right there that you said, Denise. They made Samoa Joe look dominant, but also they made Hook look like a fucking stud, like he, someone that has heart that you're going to have to kill to get out of this match. And yeah, I love that they played into those elements too. They brought up the past relationship that Taz and Samoa Joe have. The finish of the match was he had tried to get uh, Samoa Joe locked in the coquina clutch, but since he's had a relationship with Taz, he knows how to reverse it. So he reverses it almost immediately, locks him in, finishes the match. I think that that story being told, Hook playing the role of his dad in uh, the Bam Bam Bigelow type thing. The, the element, all the elements were there, and everybody was awesome in this. I'm so excited, man. I haven't felt this excited about something like in a while. And this was something that came out of nowhere. I remember <laughs> when uh and like when Hook first made the challenge, I was like, Oh yeah, he made a challenge with Samoa Joe. That should be fun. And then that was it. But then there was like all of this talk and everything that went down on social media with Tony Khan's tweet comparing Jinder Mahal and Seth Rollins to some of the um basically saying that they were aw was getting trashed just a little bit more for putting hook in this match against samoa joe when you think of what went down on the social media side of things how do you think that impacted this match do you think there was more buzz around it because i definitely think so and do you think that some points were probably proven here yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, if I'm looking at it now, I'm like, maybe that thing worked because you saw that uh, the promo that Hook did last night, Denise, where he's out on the street with the, the pizza coming down with the pizza. Who the who the f is Hook? Yo, we're out of here. That's brilliant. And then he does that going into this match. I mean, if we're talking, we're talking right here. Hook came through, earned his shot, has it lost that many times. This is only a second loss, Denise, and it was to the world champion. I think some points are proven here. Yeah, I honestly think that they just got something there. Like you said, some points are proven. I remember thinking when this whole social media thing went down, I thought, damn, you know, kind of, I felt like Tony gave a lot of attention to this Jinder Mahal, Seth Rollins match that I was like, why are we giving this match so much attention, right? Like, yeah, I, get where he, I get where he came from. I get what he was saying, but I'm like, why give all this attention to this match, right? And then kind of I felt the same way that you did when I was watching this match here I thought damn you know what in a way this kind of all worked out because now I have all of this extra buzz for Samoa Joe versus Hook yeah Hook got Hook landed in a spot just being cool like he just uh walked to the ring got this got these moments and everything and then to execute on top of that what a great week for him and how many words did he say in that whole time Denise like 10? nothing <laughs> nothing did he even say anything like in, he well he did that promo social media yeah, promo, you know, but, but that was different, I think. Social media, he said nothing. He's only been hooked the character, and that's how it should stay. Yeah, I agree, man. But anyways, if I was Tony Khan right now, I'd be like, yeah, let's fucking go. I got something really good right now with freaking, sure uh, freaking hook. Uh, shout, 
Sheldon Jackson, thank you so much for sending in these five DWO member memberships, you rock, man. We got Taylor Cannon, who's been a DWO member for 11 months, who says, what's up, California Connection? Hope you're all well. I definitely am. Roberto Arsenal says, Hook versus Joe is great. Tony and Deanna were great. I can't wait to get into that. We got Crazy 101, who says, who had the better match, Hook or Jinder? Reg, you want to answer this one? No, I'll let you take this one, Denise. I think you got this one. You're going to throw me under the bus like that? You were trying already? to throw me under the bus immediately. Ten minutes into this match? What, you tried to, I put the Uno reverse card on you. Bam, bam. How about you first, lady? <laughs> now, we all know what time it is. I mean, you review that show, Denise. I don't know. I don't really know how it went on Monday. Look, look, look. Jinder's a very nice guy. I've interviewed him. He's a very nice guy. Um, with that being said. Ooh, with that being said, that's not a good start. With that being said, there was one little moment where I was like, oh, you know what? That was cool. They they teased a little moment where you thought that Jinder Mahal had like a little, little bit of a chance of defeating Seth Rollins, right? A little, little, little bit one. But how do I say this? It's not, it's not starting that out. That match was more so just not, it was not terrible, right? It was not terrible, but it just didn't compare to what we saw today with Hook and Samoa Joe. I'm sorry. And Rollins has been hitting, so I mean, says what it is. No, I really like Seth Rollins. I'm a Seth Rollins fan. Yeah, I agree. Me too. Why didn't he do it again? <laughs> it's just it's it's Jinder Mahal. You know, I hate to hinder the gender, but nice guy, great body, great entrance, but you know, that's it. That's where it stops. <laughs> we got Toby. Uh, and by the way, thank you so much, Reg, for throwing me under the bus and well, making you me go threw first. You to me first, Denise. <laughs> I was ready for your ass. I knew you were going to do that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. Toby Schwaz Bauer, thank you so much for the generous super chat. He says, do you think we could see more from Dustin and Christian? You tell the same story you have with Christian uh, and everyone else. Your dad is dead. Let me be your father figure that he would be insane. So um, Toby, man, that match between Christian Cage and Dustin Rhodes was absolutely freaking phenomenal. But it should be, right? Because these are two guys that have been in the industry now for so many years, so many years. But the we're talking about near falls. We're talking about just like a really, really good story in this match. Uh, some thoughts on that, Reg? Yeah, you know, Denise, when this match first, when it was opening in the show, I was like, I don't know if this should be, looking at the card, I was like, I don't know if this should be the way that they open the show. But then I remembered these are two of the guys in history that when you talk about when the greatest wrestlers of all time talk about who were the best wrestlers, they'll say Christian or Dustin Rhodes. Like depending on the generation, if it's that generation of the 90s, they'll say Dustin. If it's generation of 2000s, they'll say Christian underrated legends, some of the best wrestlers ever that were under, you know, didn't get the appreciation that they did. So. These guys going in here and cooking is not really a surprise because that's kind of what they're known to do. But they really kind of went off even better than I expected. Dustin, I think somebody online was like, what's with this renewed Dustin push? And I was thinking the same thing. Like, why is Dustin on TV all the time? Nothing against Dustin. I'm like, but there's a whole bunch of other wrestlers that I think could maybe be in this position. But every time he's put in a little spot, he kind of goes off. And Christian, you know, the, all the elements being there, Dustin's dad, you know, all the situations like I thought this was a pretty good way to start the show. Did not disappoint like I thought it might could have. I'm here for it, man. I'm here for this. I guess you can say uh, Dustin push or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Just him going out there and having matches. I think it's uh, he. Go this one was a perfect example of it being an entertaining matchup that uh, we got more bang for our buck than maybe some people might have expected. Right. Delayed Grad says the Briscoe family, especially Jay's daughter, stole the show for me. AEW shows they really care about these wrestlers and their families for real. Um, so this is kind of the part of the night where it's more so, uh, you know, it's bittersweet because because you have this uh, sadness that comes with the passing of Jay, the one year anniversary. But then it's also this moment of thank God that, you know, his daughter who was told that she was never going to walk again, can walk again. And so you have this sweet moment where they're there with their uncle and they're hugging and, you know, kissing and hugging on the stage. And it's just, mm -hmm. Reg, it's heartbreaking. But it was also very nice to see that moment and to for them to say, you know, it's not forgotten, not yeah. forgotten. You're not forgotten. Yeah, being a one-year anniversary, Mark Briscoe getting that moment is important. I, I For a moment there, I was like, oh, i got to get out of here. This is crazy. Who's cutting onions in here? Because 
the history of the Briscoes, I've talked about it many times. I've written about it. There's all kind of stuff. You know how important that tag team is to me and to the history of AEW. So for him to come out and be able to say that and then to end it like that was like, oh, man. It's crazy that it's been a year, Denise. Jay Briscoe is so important to wrestling history, his tag team, in my top five of all time. Uh, the, what they did for Ring of Honor can't even be topped ever. And to know that it's been a year, to know that Mark Briscoe's still been here trying to get through imagining his brother still being next to him on flights or in traveling or in matches and being strong enough to still come out and represent as a Briscoe. I know if I was in that situation, I probably like a brother, like I can't No, dude, like don't even, but he's been right back out there as uh, uh, Mark Briscoe representing for his brother. And I thought tonight's moment, seeing Jay's daughter, she might, they told her she could possibly not walk again, walking out on stage in an AEW show to meet with her uncle, Mark Briscoe, just important stuff, man. Anytime that happens in wrestling and, and AEW has a, they've been doing stuff like this, you know, Owen Hart's family and just paying tribute to stuff like that. It's so cool. Yeah, it definitely is. Chris Ludeck here says, real good dynamite in my opinion. I think Hook came across as a top guy. I still think Swerve should be the guy to dethrone Joe. I don't care for Hangman at all, says Chris Ludeck. Uh, I mean, that's the thing right now, that there's a lot of guys that, you know, you're seen as potential champions. You know, we talked about Swerve Strickland. We've talked about, you know, Will Ospreay hasn't even, he's supposed to be Ospreay. on the road to revolution. He's going to be coming soon um, once he's all, you know, done with uh, all of his other stuff that he's working on. Um, there's a lot happening right now with the title picture. But now, am I going to say that Hook's going to be champion 2024? No. No. Who the hell knows what it's going to look like 2026, 2025? I don't know. Uh, I think by then things will definitely maybe kind of seem like they're on the horizon for him. Osprey's the one that throws the wrench in the plans for me, Denise, because like we've kind of talked about it on this show. Like I think you might have pitched him being the main event of Wembley. I'm like, maybe he's champion going into it because I think a, a lot of people are like he wins the title there. I'm like, I don't know, man. You get Will Osprey. It's hard for me to keep him not champion for any long at all because he's going to be anytime we have a big show and you're on a show with Will Ospreay, you're going to have to top him. And if you're going to have to top him, we might have to just make him the world champion. Try to beat the world champion, big dogs. It's going to be hard. Will Ospreay, when he becomes champion, he's going to be that guy that it's just going to be hard for me to be like, oh, yeah, this wrestler should beat him. Like, you I'm know? sorry. It's going to be very, very hard. And the person that eventually. I know we're we, Will Ospreay is not even champion yet. We're already talking about <laughs> the ball off of him. He ain't even here yet. But real <laughs> truth, though, when Will Ospreay is champion, whoever eventually takes the title away from him is gonna freaking have to work, man, Straight and really up. work to prove us that he should be champion. Uh, it's like. You know, well, Osprey is going to be the one once the moment actually happens. But there's still a lot to be excited about. There's still the potential of Swerve Strickland, which I think at this point they have basically hammered it home. He could be the next AEW world champion. And I think if he's not, I think fans are going to be like, WTF, what? And we also are forgetting about Brian Danielson. I know he doesn't want that damn belt at all, Denise. He doesn't want it but he should have it. <laughs> take this. Force it upon that man. You better take this, Brian. He's not it's funny because it. Brian Danielson would probably be the only person that if he were to take the title off of Will Ospreay, I'd be like, all right. There's, yeah, yeah. There's a short <laughs> list. Brian, Kenny, Mox, like, you know. Uh, Mox wouldn't be on that list for me. Mox isn't on that list for you? No. As if I, would I want Mox to defeat Will Ospreay? No. I mean, I, I don't know why we're talking about this right now, but like, no. Yeah, we're far, we're all the way up there, but I don't know. <laughs> this became AEW Into the Future Seriously, podcast. We're like a year from now. We're all like, what about when we lost Osprey? Osprey is still in New Japan, you guys. <laughs> Grapple Geekery says, great episode with the talent tearing it up. Deanna being amazing, a stellar main event, and Matthew Nicholas bringing some much needed maturity to AEW. We will get to that. Thank you so much to Grapple Geekery. Rafael Garcia says, Hook has a lot of things, and chief among them is heart. Maybe also a slight concussion, but mainly heart. Yeah, dude, I would be curious to see how uh, Hook is doing after that. I think at this point, he was just like running off of freaking momentum adrenaline. and energy. Yes, mm -hmm. adrenaline. 
Magnum Wade says, like the main event, even I feel Hook kicked out of a lot more than I liked. Really not feeling the Bucks promo, especially after Punk's firing. Uh, that's going to be our next topic in just a second. Anthony Cruz says, next era of wrestlers are going to be insane. Lots of mom and dad wrestlers having kids out there. Let's go hook uh thank you so much to Corey mcarthur who became a brand new dwl member magnum weight says i didn't realize how much i missed private party diana's promo felt a bit too generic and strong's felt more generic than that he's better as a goof <laughs> <laughs> damn Oh, Magnum Wade out here. Um, Roderick taking on Roderick Strong. Mike T90K says, getting a hook tattoo after that match, he's going to be a megastar. I'm going to say it right now, man. I'm a hooker. Yeah. I'm... I know it's a thing, but every time it's still like, are we sure, Denise? Reg, are you a hooker? I mean, Reg. yes. You're either on the bandwagon now or you're not. I'm a hooker. I'm a hooker. Hook me. Hook him. That's a wild bandwagon to be on. But yeah, yeah, I think Hook is going to be a big star. Denise, we've talked about potential crossover. A million times people have been like, oh, who's going to be the one to cross over from AEW to WWE? I think if Hook was ever in that thing, he might be a big, pretty big star over there. Uh, I would hope Tony doesn't lose him. Tony should never let him go at all. No, Lock he's the young future of down. AEW. Yeah. But if he does, I think he would be a big star over there. Yeah, Tony, do not let Hook go. Don't Just let him go, don't Tony. Don't let him go. Don't. Lock that little young man down. <laughs> Put him in a cage. Do not let him go. But if he does, he's going to be a big star. I'm not all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, for real. Sheldon Jackson says, my biggest concern about Joe versus Hook is TK's follow-up of Hook because history has shown us that his follow-up isn't the greatest, i.e. Willow Nightingale, i.e. Wardlow, i.e. Uh, Ricky Starks. <laughs> Do we got Denise. any more i.e.s? Uh, Action Andretti. Sheldon brings up a good point here. Where do you go from here? Because they're going to have the to give... Question. They're going to have to give Hook a couple of weeks off to sell the injury. Or do you? Do you just bring him out of media and be like, I'm not dead, motherfucker. Let's start fighting some more. I don't know. Like, I don't know exactly what you do to, with him. Do you give him a championship? He already has a championship. Do you make his championship more important? Give it's, him a real championship, though. Give him a real championship. Which yes. one? Okay, so I agree. He needs to be gone for a bit to sell this. Cool. Come back and be like, he could. it's easy. He could just say, you know what? I found out what kind of a man I was when I was in the ring with Samoa Joe. Uh -huh. I'm going to become AEW world champion, but I still need to do uh, there are, I, I mean, I don't know the exact verbatim, but I still need to do these other things before I get there again. But trust me, when I get there, I'm going to become AEW world champion. But along the way, okay, become TNT champion, do something there, have uh, have some dominant wins, get the championship, hold that, have some great stories, have some great feuds with guys like Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen. I mean, there are so many different guys that he can now start to tell these real stories with because right. for the most part, What's the biggest story that he's had? The Dan Housen thing? What yeah. else? Uh, he had a match with Action Bronson. That was cool. Okay, but like, I mean, like actual <laughs> stories. Uh, Ricky Starr? I don't kind know. Kind of. They sort of started yeah. something here with Jim and Jungle Boy for a second. So what yeah. I'm saying is now is the time to have them in real stories. Yeah, I think that's kind of where you bounce from here. It's like, all right, we've seen them in the highest main event you could be in. Now we got to see him have like a long-term story with a, you know, top card type guy. And thank you so much to Mike Parker for this very generous super chat. He says, simply put, Samoa Joe versus Hook was wrestling done right. It yeah. was also crazy to me having Taz on commentary, basically watching Samoa Joe do to Hook exactly what Taz would have done after the match back in the day in ECW. Yeah, after yeah. the match, he wasn't done. This kid had already been through hell and back, still went out there, kicked his ass. Thankfully, Hangman Adam Page came riding in on his horse. Not really, but you know what yeah. I mean. Came I riding it. in to help him out. And and so this was cool, man. But I think Mike Parker was right when he says that this was uh, uh, wrestling done right in the story of this matchup. Yeah, it felt like a big fight feel. It felt like, like I said, all the elements were there. At one point, when, after Samoa Joe tried to kill Hook, but he got in the ring and he's just bouncing. I'm like, okay, this feels like a big main event type fight. They brought everything that was needed here 
times 10. I think having Samoa Joe there is going to be so important to many more matches like this, Denise, because he's going to continue to play this big monster to guys like Hook and to other guys on the come up. Yeah, man. Yes, exactly that. John Deller says Leon Ruff. And then we got Roddy Piper, who's... Thank you so much for the super chat. Who says, "Congrats to Denise for learning what box means." Yeah, Denise, are we gonna? I was when Tony Storm said, "I was like, are we gonna talk about that on the show?" Because man, I thought she said butt. No, she said box. I know, but I didn't know. I was that wouldn't have made sense to me because I would have never heard a box like that would not have crossed my mind what whatsoever. So I'm like, so you learned what it was? Yeah. So this is what happened. This is what this was my process. So I heard Tony Storm say it, and I was I laughed because I thought she said she was gonna punch her in the butt. So I laughed at the wrong joke, and I thought, I mean, it doesn't really make sense, but it's Tony Storm, so I guess. So whatever, right? So I put out my little caption and I tweeted out, and then I read all the comments, and everyone's like, "Box, box, 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 box," box." Mm. and I was like, "Is that short for Botox? Like, is she making fun of her for having Botox?" So then I Google searched what is slang for Botox, but nothing was coming up. So then, thankfully, thank you to the Twitter people and the people that informed me things on Twitter. Someone wrote to me that it was, you know, kitty cat. And I was like, huh. So I went on Google and I searched what is box slang for. And then that's when it gave me the description and I captioned it and I mean, sorry, screenshotted it and posted it up. And so that's when I learned what she meant by when she said she was going to sock Deanna in the box. That was the process, Reg. I, I paused so they can clip that there. I don't want to interrupt it. <laughs> it's like leave a little bit of space for so you can get Denise saying that right there. I got you guys. I'm a professional here. I'm a professional. I know how it goes. Like you like you want to have a little bit of space. Now I don't want to have me interrupting right there. Box. Reg, I thought she was insulting her by saying she had Botox. Nope, she was not. I was like, wait, can you say this on TV? Well, you can. She said it. And by the way, box is a terrible thing to call it. Just saying that. Like, I don't want to be walking around going like, I have a box. <laughs> like, nobody wants that. No one says it like that. <laughs> okay, but that's like how you would use it. Apparently, everyone was saying this is British slang, and this was very popular for Australian people, too. <laughs> I'm neither Australian no Grit- nor British. I have a box. I have a box. That is wild. <laughs> Speed Punk says, I gotta ask, why does Hangman look like Alan Jackson, but jumps and moves like Garth Brooks? Mm. I don't know who Alan Jackson or Garth Brooks. Oh, I've heard of Garth Brooks. I know he's a country singer, but I, I haven't heard of Alan Jackson. Yeah, I don't know him. Oh, man. Thank you so much, Speed Punk. Sorry, man. I couldn't help you out on that one. I'm gonna have to Google these guys and see if it's true if they really do look like Hangman Adam Page. trying to kill he me. Have, he did have a thicker mustache, by the way. Alan Jackson, I think, has one. No, Hangman Page had a thicker mustache. Yeah, like Alan Jackson. Oh, well, I don't know because I haven't seen Alan Jackson. Mm-hmm. All right. Box. <laughs> Sorry, the box thing threw me off. <laughs> Ender Buckley says, I've 100% heard U.S. girls use it. Yeah, what no, U.S. It's, girls? It's pro- yeah, no, it's, it's not just that like, people in the U.S. definitely use box. Never. Once have I heard another woman, and I've been around women my whole entire life, have I heard another woman say, refer to it as a box? And while I'm here, I've never heard them compare it to a taco. I'm trying to see if that's a black girl thing. I don't know. I've heard I need to know. Use it. I don't know. If you're a girl I've here, heard it before. Let me, know it. let me know where you're from. It might put some perspective into Chime all in, this. ladies. Chime in with box talk. Stop. <laughs> Please, no, on the box talk. See, like, I'm a grown-up Reg. I use the proper name for genitalia, okay? I don't come out here using slang words like box or anything else, okay? I'm an adult. <laughs> they do this on purpose because they know we're going to talk about this. You guys are terrible. Magnum Waite says oh, hangman TA. Oh, that's pretty good. That's fun. That's pretty funny. That's that does work. I like that. All right. Okay. Well, everyone here is saying it is a quote, a uh, hood term. Yeah, that's what I meant. You know, sorry. We're saying women. it's urban. Just cast a shadow over y'all, black women. But that's where <laughs> I hear it from. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I have heard the C word, by the way. This one here that Michael so dope is saying. Oh, coochie. Yeah, that's yeah. an old school one. I have heard that one, so I'm not too old. Fox is a newer one. That's probably why you haven't heard of it. You're a grandma. Yeah, I'm a grandma. All right. Well, let's put grandmas aside. We got a super Jeez. chat here from Alexander Fitzgerald Jeez. who says, LOL, I just joined the stream and we talking about boxes. I know. I don't know. I don't know, actually. I don't know. You know what's worse is that one of my favorite lines from How I Met Your Mother is when Robin Shabazzi goes, what's in the box? Because she's mimicking the movie from Seven. And mm -hmm. so every time I do unboxing videos, I always go, what's in the box? And now uh -huh. that's forever done. What's in the box? All oh, your unboxing videos are a wrap now. You're going to have to change the name of them. Oh, dear. Sheldon, Jack Sheldon Jackson says Denise Roddy Rich has a song called The Box. Oh, and is it about like not boxes? Okay. All right. Sheldon Jackson, thank you so much for the super chat. <laughs> I'm so angry at Tony Storm for this. So angry. And you thought it was the butt. I thought she said butt. Then I thought it was slang for Botox. Tony Storm, she's good. She's good at getting these. <laughs> Through the censors. Oh, man. All right. Well, speaking of censors. No, this is not a good segue. Let's just get into the Young Bucks. Yeah, just go, just All right. Let's just get for it. So the Young Bucks pretty much threw a shot at CM Punk here today. And I will not take no for an answer. He totally, totally did. They totally did. So they had a sit-down interview with Renee Paquette, and they're out there, and they're no longer Nit and Matt, Matt Jackson. They are Nicholas and Matthew Jackson. Of course, they've got their French looks. And they're talking about how the rumors that we've heard about them, the things that have been written up about them, are not true by the way we got really heavy f the young buck chance going on in the background and they're talking about how at one point they were rebels that they were making changes they were out with the old and in with the new then he started talking about how some of the uh, atmosphere in the locker rooms began changing and there was some toxicity and this was the line where they said um the shot to cm punk they said, quote, it was like the culture shifted and toxicity creeped into the locker rooms and the perception of the company was just different. I think I know why, because we started to lean on yesterday's self-serving, superficial, cancerous superstars. Now, that was definitely about CM Punk, because who did who referred to CM Punk as a cancer? None other than Seth Rollins. And a lot of people have sort of ran with that calling uh, CM Punk a cancer. And so there you go. What did you think of the Young Bucks finally throwing a shot at CM Punk after this whole entire time? Well, my podcast host, Philip Lindsay, said this was going to be a bad idea. And they went for it anyways. Um... I wanted it to be over, Denise, if I'm being completely honest with you. I wish we just would have. They could have still went with this angle. But I think in order for the Young Bucks to really kick this angle off, they had to do it. So I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. The In order to get over this, we're EVPs and we're going to use our power to do whatever we want. You have to address the elephant in the room. And people still think they haven't addressed the elephant in the room. So I think for them to even kind of hint at it is expected of what their characters would do. Now, should they have did this on a business sense? Who knows? I don't know. I kind of wanted this all to be over. Samoa Joe did an interview earlier where he was like, it was just a fight, whatever, who cares? Everybody forget about it. I wish we all were forget about it, but we're never going to forget about it because we're going to continue to have moments like this. So I'm stuck, Denise, because on one hand, as wrestling characters, Young Bucks are my favorite tag team ever. I love this angle. I love this new thing. Nicholas and Matthew, incredible. But it's like we got to, like, separate from that because it's over. He's gone. He's not coming back. He's in another company. We could just forget about it. You got rid of him. It worked. What you're saying really happened. He's gone. The cancer is removed. So let's move on. Maybe this is just a one-time thing and we'll never hear about it again. That's what I'm hoping for. No way. We're going to hear about this more because this is the new route they're going. They're going to lean into. Here's the thing. Like, here's the story. Here's the story based on what we've been seeing today and what we saw last week, especially, especially today. 
they are leaning into what people believe to be true of the young bucks. So whatever it is, like whatever terrible thing people think about the young bucks, that's what they're leaning to. And I think that's the new character that we're seeing unfold right before our eyes. So we have to see more. We don't have to talk about CM Punk anymore then, right? Then who are they going to talk about? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think they're going to directly mention his name or anything like that, but I think they are going to do a lot of things that are going to allude to the brawl out, that are going to allude to <sighs> the toxicity in the locker room, especially because they tied it into Sting and basically saying they're going to get rid of people like Sting. Which, by that case, I would have to get rid of a, quite a few people on the AEW roster if that's yeah, the way that they're it'd be going. Pretty empty up there. Now, not empty, but there'd be some legends gone off of there. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Because exactly the way that they kind of tied it into Sting was like, we're about to continue this. This is how it's going to continue to go. So I don't know how to feel. Off rip, I'm like, it was funny. I thought it was good content. I like this new heel thing. I think it's going to be a great new direction for them to go as characters. So I don't know. I'm torn. Can I yeah. be honest? I'm torn yeah. here because part of me is like, damn. Remember when CM Punk was still with AEW following all of the drama? Do you remember that collision promo where he went off and he just said everything? We never heard anything from the Bucks. So my whole thought process is like, now. why now? Now that yeah. he's gone on another planet in the WWE universe, now you have the guts to do it now. That's a little bit of my thought process for this. But the yeah. other reason I'm like, okay, while that may still be true in my opinion, I still feel that the direction they're going in with this story, with them, you know, leaning into what I said about the negativity of what people think of them online, I kind of like it. I, I don't know if I'm going to be loving it, but I don't hate it right now because they've piqued my curiosity. That's what it is. I'm curious to see how this is going to play out. And while I'm there, I'm curious to see who they are going to be aligning themselves with. Do you think they align themselves with Jungle Boy Jack Perry at some point? Do you think they bring in Colt Cabana and basically all of the freaking anybody who's had any sort of issue with CM Punk? Do you think that? Is this a possibility? Would we be interested? See, I made uh, those points you, I made earlier, and then you made an even bigger point of like, when he was here, why didn't you say anything? Why are you saying something now? Now you're going to lean in heavy when he's gone? That seems a type of way. I don't know, Denise. I don't know. I don't know. Unless it's just a one-time thing. If it's just a one-time one thing, thing, then it got us talking. So that's good, right? Getting us to and, talk about and something. And there's a way to continue to have some heat continue to get over and continue to be heels without the whole thing being centered around CM Punk. I think so. But that's just me. Yeah. Well, they don't, they don't have to. I mean, they, like you said, like they could elude it, but it doesn't have to be centered around CM Punk. It would be really bad. I think if it was just centered around CM Punk, cause it's like, dude, he's not here. What's he's he going to do? Come out. It's like trying to argue with someone who was already dead. Like what are they going to do? Defend themselves? No. They're CM dead. Punk's off in another planet now. He's not going to come back and be like, let's feud Bucks. He's in another universe about to win their world championship. That'll put butts in seats or whatever Tony Schiavone said. Right. So it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I think I would have liked for, I don't know if I would, if, I mean, I know why they didn't do it when he was still there though. Let's be real. It was just going to be more drama. What is this? What? <laughs> Did I say something? No, you said that that was just going to be drama. You do think this is not going to be drama? I don't know. You think CM Punk's going to react to this on his Instagram stories? I don't know if he is, but Because why would Okay, cuz here's the thing. Would see would it be would Let me rephrase that. Should CM Punk react to this in his Instagram stories? I say Instagram stories cuz he always shares there. No, he should stay away from this and stay out of this. I agree because why but would I'm you saying want to that. give? That's not saying that he ain't. Why would you want to give "quote unquote" the competition more buzz about this storyline? Because all of a sudden, this people who aren't watching AW more buzz. Denise, what are you saying? That's what I'm saying. 
So if CM Punk were to address it in his stories or something, all of a sudden there's going to be more buzz towards AEW regarding what the Young Bucks are doing. And I'm sure now that he plays for their team, he doesn't want that. So, but you, but you agree that this is giving WWE more buzz by the Young Bucks saying this. I don't think so. You don't think them bringing up CM Punk doesn't give more buzz to people thinking I'm about to watch Raw on Monday to see if he says something? I don't think he's going to say anything. No, I don't think so. I don't think so because I feel that the buzz that CM Punk gets, that's just the buzz CM Punk gets. I'm not I expecting him at that all those guys to address. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm I'm not expecting at all for CM Punk to address this on like Raw or something. That's why I said uh, Instagram so stories. Like Instagram stories, I can see it. Mm-hmm. You know? But uh, I can't see it like on Raw or something like that. No, never. Zero percent. We got delayed grads who says AJ Lee just threw CM Punk's phone in the toilet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Grapple Geekery says Nicholas and Matthew are finally acting like EVPs. I just wish it had been clearer who they were talking about besides Thing, a kid, Team Elite for life. <laughs> Mike Parker says, please be a one-time thing. Otherwise, in contrast to Hook, Joe, it was done wrong in wrestling. Do a story involving someone who's not only... Sorry, do a story involving someone who's not only not there, but in a big role in the opposing company. Right, exactly. So it's like, all right, this one time mention to establish what you guys are going to be doing moving forward. Cool. But maybe after this, no more CM Punk mentions. Right. Hopefully. We'll see. I don't know. It might just help them. It might just help further their character. Yeah, they might be the most hated team in the world in three months. I don't know. Who knows, man? Mike Parker, thank you so much for the super chat. We appreciate that very, very much. Um, All right. So the next big topic that I want to get into is uh, Deanna Perrazzo and Anna Jay because they had some – I know we've been talking about Tony, Tony Storm quite a bit here, but we did get a match between Deanna Perrazzo and Anna Jay. And Deanna Perrazzo gets her win with her Venus Milo. She looked great. Um, And during this, we had Tony Storm on commentary. She was feeding Ian Riccoboni macaroons or bonbons i don't know what she was feeding him um but she thought that he was tony shivani right mm-hmm. and so she thought i don't know i guess he got some sort of huge makeover or something and then we got the box comments so yeah. um but any thoughts on diana prazo and anna jay and all of this yeah i love them putting an emphasis on diana on all the shows it seems like we've been since she's gotten here getting her a win over another established talent in anna jay i think is good Getting Tony Storm's eyes on her, getting her in contention with that, I think is all is really good. My question is, Denise, what is this leading to? Are they going to do the infamous thing of bringing in the superstar and then she immediately loses the world title match? See, that would suck. I wouldn't want to see Deanna Perrazzo go for the championship and then lose. So is she going to win? I'm going to say yes. Do something different. Surprise us. Have Deanna Perrazzo defeat Tony Storm. Now, I know some people might not like that because people love Tony Storm and they love the character, but she can still be the character without the championship. You know what AEW has established, though, Denise? Their women's wrestling fans, their division, they hate that. They love a buildup. They love an underdog story. They don't want anybody to come in and get anything handed to them. If you want to make a Diona a heel immediately, yes. But if you're trying to make her a baby face, bringing her in and people still might not know her. You know how they, they love homegrown stars. They love people that they could get behind. They love people that they can know. If they bring her in and immediately give her the belt, she might get turned on with what these fans have done before. Yeah, you're right about that. I guess I just want them to sometimes do something different, break the mold and make someone feel like an instant big deal. I do too. I do too. But the fans, they history shows that they don't really like that. Usually. I don't know. All right. So Deanna Perrazzo goes up against Tony storm. She loses. And then what adversity. And then what? we don't see Deanna on TV for like a month. Send her to Ring of Honor to feud with Athena. That's what, just what I would do, but that's just me. That's just me. I'm just being selfish. I know, Reg. I know. I know you're looking for the good content on Ring of Honor. <laughs> but I'm talking about, about AEW freaking Dynamite, all right? No, no, I'm sorry. Well, we'll see what happens. But anyways, uh, I am still looking forward to what they do here with Deanna and with yeah. Tony Storm. And I think there's a way to – I think there's a way – 
Because, okay, let's say they do Deanna Perrazzo and Tony Storm once Revolution comes. All mm-hmm. right, we still got several weeks till Revolution. That's what, March? And that's two months that Deanna Perrazzo could be going out there and getting all of these wins and winning people over. So if she were to face Tony Storm at Revolution, I don't think the fans would turn on her if she had, like, two months of, like, wins and all of that. Okay, who was next in line? Let's forget it. Let's throw uh, let's throw Dion out of the the equation. Who was next in line for Tony Storm that would be lapped if Diona just goes right in there? Is there anybody that was deserving of that spot? I'm I don't, I don't think there is. Like I think Diona should be in this position, and I think she should be the AEW World Champion off Rip because she has that pedigree. Right. No, I feel like everybody else is sort of doing something else or headed a different direction or maybe have gotten one win here and there, but then didn't really do anything else or whatever. I feel like there's a lot more action going on for the women on collision too. Yeah. In terms TB, of like what they're TBS doing. Title. Right. With the TBS mm-hmm. title. So I feel like that's sort of what's going down, but like over there. But as for this particular one, this kind of feels like the spot was open to take because who else? Like we just kept going back and forth between Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida. Yeah. What about Mariah May? How does she factor into this? I think Mariah May, there's still a longer story to tell with her and Tony Storm. That doesn't need the championship? Not yet. Oh, but you know what? That See. could be a thing where if Mariah May was the one to defeat Tony Storm for the championship. See. And See. it's like, oh, her former fangirl now ended up screwing her. And then you building up Mariah May. And by the time she gets there, everybody's ready for her to beat her mentor. Like, that's why I'm knows? like. Or it can also be a situation where it's like Deanna Perrazzo defeats Tony Storm. And then Tony Storm and Mariah May find themselves going after the same exact thing. And so they went from, you know, same star thing. and admirer to all of a sudden, you know what? Screw you. Maybe Mariah May only had the infatuation with her because she was champion. Maybe when she loses the championship, she loses that infatuation. And then she goes after Deanna and finds herself crossing paths with Tony Storm. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, man. I just, I wouldn't mind seeing Deanna Perrazzo get her chance at the title. I think if she were scenarios though, I think if she were to be on a dominant run from now until revolution and she won at revolution, I, I think that that would be pretty cool, but We'll see. Um, all right. We got Mike Parker here who says, uh, I imagine they will do Deanna versus Mariah May first. Okay. Hmm. To get to Tony Storm. To to yeah, Tony there Tony. you go. There you yeah. go. All right. Jose Palomares, thank you so much for the super sticker. appreciate you, man. Thank you very much. Grapple Geekery says, I love Deanna and the Venus de Milo is one of my favorite finishers because of the clever name. Tony was great as usual tonight as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, man. Tony Storm out there doing her thing on the microphone, on commentary. Uh, Luther getting the job that I'm pretty sure a lot of dudes and dudettes would probably kill for, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'd stand on mine. <laughs> I'd fill out an application at, at minimum. For sure. <laughs> I can just see it reference now. and then a reference or something like, you know, whatever I have can to I be do. your reference. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Call Denise. She'll give you all my references, everything. I got you. <laughs> I'll be like, yes, Reg would do a marvelous job at oh, lifting well. Tony Storm. <sighs> Let me get in the gym. Things didn't work out with him and Shane and Wayne. So, uh, <laughs> so he's definitely open for Tony Storm. Damn Christian. And he knows what box means. <laughs> Laron Ford says, are they ever going to give Thunder Rosa her rematch? If not, put the title on Deanna. No one makes sense at the moment. I feel like they're keeping Thunder Rosa on the collision side of things. Are are they not? Yes, but I don't know if they should because she is a contender. She's an automatic contender. I I don't think she's a... There's TBS contenders, and I think Thunder Rosa is an AEW women's title contender. I don't know what the difference is and don't ask me to make specifics, but that's just what it feels like. So I think she needs to be over here soon. Yeah, I think so too. We'll see because it feels like it's just a, she, yeah, it just feels like a different territory that she's in right now on, on collision. It doesn't feel to the level of where she was at before, which was the women's champion. So I feel like yeah. at some point we got to circle back to that because it's like, okay, she gave up the belt because she was injured. So right. Is she ever going to get her opportunity to go for it again and earn her spot again? I don't know because here's the thing, though. Like, do you think they would make her champion again to sort of re 
reprove herself as champion? I don't know. I feel like now I feel like they've sort of moved on to other people. At least that's how it feels like right now. I think I've said this a bunch of times. I think they got Thunder Rosa fucked up. I think some that in this her being gone perception, all these things, they forgot when she came in here, she was one of the hottest women wrestlers in the entire company. And I think there's not very long to get back to that. She's such a dynamic wrestler. Give her a few matches, a few moments, a few angles, and you're right back into that. That's why I'm like, yo, you just got to give the opportunity. They haven't really given her the opportunity. She's came back. She's been in a couple of tag matches and things like that. Put her in there the way that you should, and we're right back at it. Right. I agree. Very easy to get back to it. Cosmic Joe Chronicle sends in a super chat saying Tony Storm versus Athena. Yeah, I want that. Hell yeah, man. Thank you so much for the super chat. Seriously, appreciate that very much. Um, Before we continue on, guys, I'm very excited to announce that we officially have a brand new sponsor who's going to be sponsoring a couple of episodes. And I'm so excited because I've spoken about this quite a bit where uh, it's kind of hard to get some sponsors, man. But you know what? I'm really excited about working with Magic Spoon. And here's why. My New Year's resolution is to cut back on sugar and add more protein to my diet to help me stay on track of my fitness goals this year. And Magic Spoon makes that easier and more delicious than ever. Magic Spoon comes in a variety pack. The four flavors are cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs. Only 140 calories a serving. It's high protein, has zero grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. My favorite flavor is the fruity one. Head on over to magicspoon.com slash Denise to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use my promo code Denise at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember... Start the new year off right with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash Denise and use the code Denise to save $5 off. Let's go. Magic Spoon, baby. I've actually had Magic Spoon. This is a great sponsor. I've had Cocoa Magic Spoons, delicious cereal. You guys cop some, use Denise's code. I was like, yo, this is a sponsor that I've used before I've even known the sponsor. Shout out to Denise for for getting that one. Good. Let's go. I'm so excited, guys. Uh, If you do purchase, please let me know so I can uh, give you a special thanks. Um. So, ooh, what was I gonna say? I was gonna go into something. I don't remember. Something you didn't tell me though. Oh yeah. Oh no. So during that ad, if you guys pay attention, the next time you guys see it. So I was actually struggling to open the, the the. Did you catch that? You can see it in your eyes. And then I was like, just smile. So I'm like, <laughs> like her eyes looked like that for a reason. Something was going on. Yeah, because I was like, okay, I should probably be smiling in the video. <laughs> behind the scenes, behind the scenes. <laughs> All right, and then, smiling. and then me and my husband almost threw down too because he he saw the box yesterday in my house. Okay. And I was obviously saving it because I was going to do a whole video and everything, right? And he almost opened it to eat it. And I was like, no, you wait. I'm not, I need this. So he was like dying to get into the freaking magic spoon box. And I'm like, you're going to have to wait, sir. <laughs> Me and my husband almost threw down over some magic spoon. <laughs> What's it? He wanted the box. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm done. It wasn't I'm done. PG, Denise. <laughs> <laughs> they don't they I'm want done. it to be snapper. They want box talk and then magic spoon box talk. <laughs> I'm done. I don't know what's happening anymore. I got hands up in the air. Reg, oh, are you okay? God. You're like holding on to your heart. Uh, I'm dying, Denise. You said you're gonna fight your husband over cereal. It's not the bomb just too much. <laughs> well, I needed to do the video. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you right. got to get some magic spoon. That's some good cereal. Oh, man. I'm kind of crying a little bit. All right. Ooh. So 
We got a couple more items to get into. Um, all right. We talked a whole lot about Swerve and Adam and um, Adam Page, Hangman Adam Page. We They did have two uh, promos in the back. Both of them had their interviews. Uh, we had Swerve basically saying that he's the most dangerous man uh, in AW, and he's coming for the most coveted prize in AW, which is the world championship. And he's talked about how he's already proven that he's beaten Hangman Page twice. Hangman Page then has a promo later on, and he basically says this is a year that he's going to get the gold back, and he's going to keep it on him. Uh, any additional thoughts in regards to that? Um, I love that they're just kind of continuing the emphasis on both of these guys, showing that they're contenders here. They talk about each other's records. Uh, Hangman came out at the end of the show. I just love them continuously being like, we want that belt. We're going to continuously tell you why we're badass and deserve it, and we're going to go get it. Yeah, I agree. They made us really strong points. Both of them did. Uh, we had a Chris Jericho promo. You know, things didn't necessarily work out too well for them over on Battle of the Bouts, but uh, a match was made between him and Matt Seidel on Rampage. Reg, I just know you're like, this is must watch for you. I know it. Me? You're the Rampage non-watcher. <laughs> That's why I said. I know you're going to tune into Rampage to watch this match. What a fall from grace, Chris Jericho on Rampage, Denise. Well, I mean, he did commentary before for them. But he wasn't never wrestling on there. Anytime he would have a match, it was like, Chris Jericho's having a match on Dynamite. Don't forget. Now it's just like, oh, Chris Jericho's going to be on Rampage. Is that yeah. different? Or am I just imagining that? No, you're not imagining that. It does feel a little bit just like, oh, Rampage match. Cool. I, didn't, I, guess I, didn't, I guess I didn't see it that way because I feel like they've put some big names on Rampage. So okay. I guess I didn't see it that way, but um, it just, it felt very random, but I was like, all right, uh, I'm interested. Sometimes random ends up working out. So maybe we'll I was looking do. at it a different way too. Maybe it is like some, yeah, Kenny Omega has been on Rampage before too. Yeah. Maybe it's just that. Maybe. Uh, we also got Trent and Orange Cassidy teaming up to take on Commander and Penta. Um, BTW, guys, I spoke with Phoenix last Monday. And, uh, you know, dude, by the way, he is such a freaking nice guy. Such a nice guy, man. Uh, you know, he was basically telling me that he's been dealing with the worst injury that he's ever dealt with. And, you know, he hopes to be back wrestling soon. And so that's kind of the latest on Ray Phoenix. I don't know exactly when we're going to see him come back but uh he's working on it i mean he was out there teaching a wrestling class teaching people how to run the ropes teaching people how to take bumps uh you know doing the thing and it was it was incredible he made everything look so freaking simple reg i was gonna go in and try a couple of stuff and i will be honest with you and everybody here i chickened the hell out <laughs> i was like nah man my neck health no thanks <laughs> How close are you, Denise? Did you, like, at least get on the apron? So I didn't post this footage up because I didn't like the way I looked in the footage. Oh. But I did, one. I did like, two things, okay? Oh, my God. Send me the clip. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I just wore the wrong outfit, and it was showing my wrong body parts, and I just didn't like how it looked. So I was like, I cannot put this out on the Internet. Annoying. But basically – um. So prior to the actual, like the actual wrestling, he had people do cardio around the ring. Oh, <laughs> so gotcha. I did two things. I jumped because he did like a little jump thing. And I also did a couple of push-ups. And that was uh, it. That was and I jump. ran around the ring like two times. The the class ran around more than that, but I was like, nah, I'm dealing with my camera. I can't run. <laughs> yeah, so we're not gonna see you out the dungeon with Natty and TJ anytime soon, is what you're saying. Okay. Definitely not. Yeah. I saw he was teaching people how to do like rolls and shit. Mm -hmm. Oh, hell no, dude. I saw some people where I was like, nah, bro, you need to protect your neck. Like, you ain't doing it right. You got to start like, look at how Ray Phoenix does it. Look at how Ray, you ain't doing it the way Ray Phoenix is doing it. I was kind of getting nervous, you know? It's hard. People don't understand what it takes to even start to become a pro wrestler. Like, just those little drills, the rolling, the bumps, the running the ropes until you throw up it's like this stuff is hard you guys yes so when i saw that i thought nah man i'm gonna go in there i'm gonna mess it up and all of a sudden i'm gonna have a problem and i'm not here for that i'm just a talking head i don't actually move with use my head right. <laughs> that sounds really bad uh, <laughs> oh man what <laughs> nothing 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 you better just keep it moving and keep it moving denise i don't know why you try to leave spaces for this shit. <laughs> i don't know either um all right so 
we got two more things to get into for today's show. And before we do, just a heads up to everybody, if you've enjoyed any of our podcasts or any of our shows, please do not forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps out a whole lot. And I do read the reviews whenever we do get them on the show. But here we go. We got brand new Ring of Honor Trios Champs. Now you're the Ring of Honor guys. So we got Gates of Agony versus Bullet Club Gold. And Bullet Club Gold, they have gold now. What'd you think of this? There's a lot of emotions in this, Denise. The gun really? clubs here, you know how I feel about those boys. They're your homies, I know it. But their new theme song, brother, 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 whoever did it, kudos. Some good hip-hop beats there. I appreciated it. I had a good time. I was like, wait a second. I'm not supposed to be excited about this. I don't like these guys. I do like Jay White. I'm a big fan of Jay White. Okay, Denise, I review Ring of Honor for... Uh, every week with Kate. If you guys haven't seen it, check it out. These championships aren't defended on Ring of Honor ever. And the Gates of Agony have been two-time champions, and most of the time they defended the championships. They've had them for like 90 days each and defended them like three times. Not on Ring of Honor. So it's like, I wish they would just defend these championships on the show and do what they did here. That would make so much more sense. The Gun Club has nothing to do with Ring of Honor. They've never been on there. They've never talked on there. Nobody's ever brought them up. Jay White's had a few matches on there. They've probably had a match or two on there, but they're not like characters of Ring of Honor. So it gets frustrating when people who have nothing to do with Ring of Honor are a Ring of Honor champions when you have trios, six-man championships that are AEW that these guys can be. I like the acclaim. They're very over, over like Rover still. But why did they? Why didn't they just beat those guys? They're trying to form one on alliance. Someone said they think they might be merging these championships. That's what I thought too. Because well, you know why I thought that? I don't know why, but this is so stupid. I really thought that they were going to merge the titles at some point. I don't really know why, but I thought it because he did the scissoring thing, and I thought, oh, merge. Oh my God, Denise put this together somehow i don't know how she got there but she did but yeah i guess they're gonna merge these championships i guess that's where i'll start why i don't really understand why you're doing this if you're gonna make if you're gonna emphasize and have these championships mean more and defended on different shows just as one entity i'm in but let's make sure that it's on someone like the gun club that can add some prestige to this and not just a bullshit championship. So if it is leading to that, it's not the worst idea. I just wish it kind of played out a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. It did kind of feel sort of out of nowhere. We still don't really understand what's going on with the acclaimed and bullet club gold. They seem to have a weird friendship. I don't even know if friendship's the right word. I think they're friends, but also it seems like the acclaimed they... always wants to bond with somebody. First it was they MJF. Do. Mm-hmm. now it's bullet club gold yeah they're always trying to like you know they're always trying to get a friend yeah but they're, a friend. They, have, <clears throat> they have each other i don't know what's going on here it's weird right i was gonna say it's not like it's just one guy who's out there with no friends like they literally got daddy ass they got each other i mean i feel like they're having good enough fun no it's like they want to take on the joker and those guys the united Edition, what are their guys' name? I don't even know. United Kingdom. Kingdom. No, Undisputed Kingdom. Kingdom. They want to take on the Undisputed United Kingdom, and they didn't even say anything about it tonight. It was just like, what's the point of this? I don't get it. Right. But whatever. I'm going to let it play out here because I'm a Ring of Honor stand. Hopefully they do something with it. Oh, man. We got people saying uh, Bang Bang Scissor Gang. They're grooming the Bang Bang Gang. Grooming. Oh, man. Alexander Fitzgerald says, I hate the trio's title so much. Put the titles in a box and throw it away. It made the tag division weak with having these uh, trio belts, says Alexander Fitzgerald. Mm, Diluted the tag division, I see. Right, yeah, I second that. Um, Private Party versus Top Flight, man. Private Party gets the win. What would you think of this? Uh, Yeah, this was, like I talked about before, this very important match to me. I thought that... It was different than most people were kind of expecting. It kind of pl- ended up playing out like an old school Southern tag, uh, Southern tag match with them kind of cutting off the ring. They kind of built up to the spots. It wasn't just spot food, spot food, spot food, like I kind of expected it to be. 
Um, Mark Quinn is trying to knock out some things. It's been a long time since he's been back in the ring. He's slowly getting back into the stuff, but I thought the stuff that he did was clean. I thought everybody worked well together. I'm glad that it was Dante and Darius. These are two of my favorite AEW teams of all time. I think this was just a little teaser up to what we're eventually going to get. Just letting these guys kind of get in there, knock it off, work it stuff, some stuff out. But when we eventually get another match where they get more time to cook, that'll be the one. But I thought this is a great way to bring back Mark Quinn, get private party a victory, establish them where we got to get these tag team championships back in the hunt. The Young Bucks are going to do it with Sting. They've all talked about it. I thought that the tag division being emphasized on this episode is pretty important for what's going to happen. Right. I think that was key right there with it being emphasized for sure. Um, we got J.K. Fishbowl Williams who says Austin and Jay are part of Ring of Honor's history. Reg. Reg says thumbs down. Terrible. <laughs> J.K. Williams, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate that. Um, I also, you mentioned the Undisputed Kingdom, and I forgot to talk about them because after the uh, the Trent Orange Cassidy Commander Penta match, we did get the Undisputed coming out and uh, – they came out without Adam Cole, and we're going to be getting um, Orange Cassidy and Roderick Strong. Did they say that was for Revolution? I don't know if they officially announced it yet. But I think it's going to be a Revolution, right? That's where it should be, yeah. And then we got a backstage promo with Adam Cole putting over Wardlow. Anything special that you felt about this? No. <laughs> or just the same old, same old? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's where we're at. We'll see. Hopefully they spice things up with the Undisputed Kingdom. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Alrighty, everybody. That was our AEW Dynamite post show for today. Um, I will be back here on Friday to talk about SmackDown. So if you guys want to come in and hang out for that. And then on Saturday, I will be here for the Collision Pod as well. So that'll be returning uh, this week. And then next week is going to be a big week here on the channel because it is going to be Royal Rumble week man uh i will be headed over to florida i'm excited wow. uh there's a lot of uh stuff that is going to be going on for like media and whatnot so i'm expecting a lot of really good content to be coming to the channel on top of that i'm working on a lot of new stuff that i'm going to be adding there's also a bunch of brand new interviews i just spoke with gail Denise, kim going you crazy with the interviews i got uh, one more coming this week this week already i'm like denise you're going crazy and you got another one coming yeah, an AEW wow. one, so it should be good. Yeah, it should be good. So it dropped Gail Kim. When was it? Two days ago, yesterday. And then today I dropped one with Moose, mm -hmm. uh, the new uh, TNA world champion. Reg and I just did that post show. Yep. And then I'm dropping another one on Friday, uh, as long as everything goes all right. Uh, that interview is being shot on Friday and will be up on Friday. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I'll give a hint. It's somebody that you guys saw on Dynamite today. Wow. Which is kind of hard because there was a bunch of people yeah, who saw on Dynamite. Be anybody. It can be anybody. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I'm really excited about this one. And I think once people see who it is, you guys are going to be like, ah, uh, we know exactly why Denise was excited. Mm -hmm. We'll see. But there's a lot of planning. Reg, what do you got in store, man? Um, Nothing. Just catch me every week here with Denise on the AEW Dynamite Post Show. Every week I'm on with Mike on the Indeed, talking best independent wrestling. Every Thursday I'm on with Kate, talking Ring of Honor. Every other Thursday is Ask Grapsity with Philip Lindsay. Every Saturday is regular Grapsity, Philip Lindsay, 9 a.m. here on the West Coast. Uh, you know what time it is. You can find me not often on social medias because they're terrible. But yeah, I'm outside. You have the best Twitter account, Reg. No, I don't. Don't put down your Twitter account. It's all right. Hey, your Twitter account is hilarious. People should be following you on Twitter. You post some funny stuff on there. I'm almost up to 10K. It's terrible. I told you. I What did I tell you, Reg, when we first like started really talking? I told you. I was like, oh, man, I probably shouldn't say this on the air. Have I said yeah. this on the air before? What probably I told not. you about your mm -mm. Twitter account? Mm -mm. Well, so, uh, <laughs> never mind. I'll tell you off air. I'm done. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying stuff. <laughs> Alrighty, everyone. That's a wrap for today's show. <laughs> I appreciate you guys very much. Love you all. Appreciate you guys. And we will catch you on the next one. Bye, everyone. <laughs>